0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Beer & Money. I am Ryan Berklo. And I'm Alex Collins. And in our last episode, we were talking about financial engines and we went through uh, the purpose of having financial engines. So if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that one first, then come back to this episode. On this episode, we're gonna talk about strategies or example of, of utilizing those financial engines as efficiently as you can. So. That's the purpose of today's episode. And before we jump in here, we're going to make a statement, and then we're going to prove the statement. (laughs) Most people, when we talk about money, most people are looking for that financial freedom or some definition or their version of financial freedom means to them. Yet all they can think about is either the fear factor, meaning lack of money, or they're thinking about spending the money.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. People don't oftentimes think of money as a tool. They think about it as like, uh, something to be accumulated. And the more that you can accumulate, the better. And this causes all sorts of different issues uh, with people's relationships with money. That's an entirely different episode. we we'll, we've gotten into that a little bit in the past and I'm sure we'll, we'll tackle that topic more in the future. But really what today is about is, is trying to help folks understand how to create, uh, efficient, uh, efficient financial engines and, and how to build these things and, and taking a look at an example of, okay, what's an engine that we may have built and now, what do we do with the output from it?
0: So, in general, there's, there's three typical engines that most people, when they get to retirement, if you will, have. And those engines are retirement plans and Social Security or pensions. So, we're going to group that into one. Another engine is going to be brokerage accounts or an individual investment account. That's not inside of the retirement plan, and another engine is real estate, and I'm going to group in or your own business. So we're going to choose one of those engines for today's topic to go through a strategy that you could utilize to help that engine be as efficient as possible. And that engine that we're going to choose is the brokerage account,
1: Alex. Yeah. So you know, typically when we talk talk to uh, to folks about a brokerage account initially where we where we start this conversation it is really more of a conversation around uh liquidity and trying to to limit risk um and you know also having a purpose behind what we're doing and why we're doing it even if that purpose isn't a, sp- a specific thing um it, it there's a a category or or a topic of like uh, what are we trying to do with this with this engine, what what is the purpose and the goal behind having dollars go into this type of a structure? Um, so that's that's usually where we start, and and oftentimes when we, when we first start out, this is one of the first engines that we take a look at beyond simply just having money sitting in a bank. And, yeah. and like when we talk about it, like having a bank account. That's really generally not a financial engine. I mean, in its truest sense, it is, but at the same time, that engine is moving so slowly. Um, I think we've used this quote a few times, but you know, when we talk to bankers and ask, like, "Hey, what, what, what rate of return are you providing uh, your clients right now?" Like, we recently had somebody answer without batting an eye, zero point nothing. Um, and that, that's that been true for quite a while now. I mean, just interest rates on bank accounts are so slow and so low um, that like, one of the things we constantly hear folks ask is, where can I put money to earn some type of rate of return while still keeping my money relatively safe and relatively liquid? Um, and so this this concept of a, a brokerage account um where, where we're trying not to take a whole lot of risk, but at the same time, get a better rate of return than what the bank is offering. Uh, when, when we add risk and uncertainty, like we don't have guarantees associated with it. There is no, like, oh, this will definitely get a better rate of return. We're, we're expecting a better rate of return, but we are also adding some amount of risk with it.
0: And Alex, it's funny, everyone wants rate of return. at. If you really, I think, maybe you're going to call me out and say this is uh, wrong. Uh, so the listeners will hear whether or not you agree here. But when you think about rate of return, the reason we want the rate of return, that compound effect, right? Compound interest, the, the eighth miracle out there, right? The reason we want that in the long term is really for that financial freedom so that we can then. Have an income stream from those assets and not deplete those assets
1: yeah and, and it's not even so where where you just took it is maybe one step further uh, really, when people talk about rate of return pre retirement it goes back to the conversation that we had at the beginning. they're just trying to build as much as possible and and um you know as Americans, how quickly do we want to build as, as much as possible well now the only answer better than now is yesterday like we want to do. yeah but the
0: issue that most americans don't (laughs) i'm going to say this and everyone's going to go like no no crap ryan but but unfortunately we're not wired like this as human beings we want rate of return for the you know everyone wants this gargantuan rate of return number but the fact of the matter is, is you still need time for that compounding effect to occur which means If you put in a dollar into your retirement plan today, unless you say you got a 100% rate of return on your money, are you gonna retire on that dollar and the 100% rate of return tomorrow? Like you need to be financially free? The answer is no.
1: Right, not even close. We need
0: need time or more dollars or both for this to take effect, which is why we're building these financial engines so that we can have that financial freedom. So it's both the accumulation side with the di- distribution side, but in the end, we're all looking for the same thing. Whether or not we're accumulating or retired, it's that financial freedom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and people get confused on what creates financial freedom. Uh, you know, people oftentimes think, oh, a big pile of cash creates creates financial freedom. And, and while it certainly can, it, it's it's really not the pile of cash. It's the cash flow that that pile of cash throws off. It's okay. how it's how efficient is our engine at creating cash flow. And so when we talk about these things, really what we're what we're after is when we talk about financial freedom, for example, really what we're after is replacing as much of our income as we're capable of doing and to a level that we're comfortable with. So for example, if we're if we're making uh $200,000 and we're saving $100,000 of that, well then really what we're after is replacing the difference that $100,000. If we're saving 200,000 if we're making $200,000 and we're saving $50,000, well then we're after trying to create $150,000 of, of residual income. And financial freedom occurs when we get to that point where we have a consistent ability to throw off whatever that income level is that you're desiring, whether it's the same as your pre retirement, whether it's greater than your pre retirement, or whether it's less than your pre retirement. Whenever we get to the point where you can now create a systematic and repeatable cash flow, through your various different financial engines, that's when, that's when you can retire comfortably and safely.
0: So Alex, now that I took it down that rabbit hole, which I'm glad I did. I don't know that you're glad, but I'm glad I did. Let, let's actually go through the example of the strategy that, that we wanted to go through. So We've, we've opened up this brokerage account, right? We're, we're putting money into it. It's accumulating over time. What can we then do with this brokerage account?
1: Yeah, well and so again it goes back to the point and purpose of of the financial engine in general. And and so one of the things that we need to do on a constant and continual basis is evaluate all of our financial engines, not just this brokerage account, but all of our financial engines on is this where we want to a continue putting money? B do we want the output from this financial engine, the cash flow do we want that to be reinvested back into the same engine? Or would it be better to redeploy those dollars and create a different engine? Now, there's a host of different reasons as to why we would want to create a different engine. Um, you know, Maybe the brokerage account concept that we talked about is the one where we were looking for uh, an alternative to a bank account where it was going to get a slightly better rate of return, but it was still going to be liquid and it was still going to be relatively risk averse. Well, those two things mean that we're not going to get that great of a rate of return with that engine. And so maybe what we do is we cap that engine at a certain point, and now any of the output from that engine gets diverted to creating a more efficient engine, something that's going to have a greater output. Maybe we use it as a reserve account so that when we find a piece of real estate or when we create... Uh, we have dollars that we want to reinvest into a business or something of that nature uh, that is less liquid, that is more risky, that is going to get a bigger rate of return. That we ha- we can do that without then threatening or, or creating extra concern on our ability to pay bills, absorb shocks, uh, all of the various different things that we need to go ahead and accomplish. Um And so now it becomes this this holding tank for uh, more advanced engines, and you know we can use it as a stepping stone to to create these additional engines.
0: so in it, in its simplistic form, what we can do over time is as we built up this engine, this brokerage account, we could essentially redeploy some of the money. Maybe just interest it's making, maybe all of it it depends on what all we built behind it again we as we stated in the last episode, all of your eggs should not be in one basket or all all in one engine with one of these engines, we could then redeploy it to create another engine, and your example, maybe real estate, which maybe kicks off some passive income
1: yeah, or you know perhaps the there's you know very little passive income kicked off during your working years um because we're you know aggressively paying down debt or the the cash flow that it's that's kicking off is uh, is paying the mortgage or whatever else because we've chosen to to leverage the dollars and so instead of saving up enough in in the brokerage account to write a check for the property we only saved up enough to write a down payment and and so now the cash flow from from our engine is being used to service the debt and now the other concept or the strategy is, when we get to retirement, either a that mortgage will be paid off, and so now instead of it being debt repayment, the cash flow is going to come to you, or we can restructure the debt, or uh, you know whatever uh, we we sell off the property and we uh, you know deal we create uh, a a significant capital gain or a different pile of money that we can then reinvest into something that's going to be an efficient structure to kick off. Uh, an income stream. And so much of this depends on a, what type of real estate we're investing in um, or, or whatever the other vehicle is that we're using. it, it really doesn't matter what the, the vehicle is that the concept is important of, of taking a look at on an annual basis, where are our dollars going? What financial engines are we putting dollars into? And, and then in addition to that, the dollars that we have built up through that financial engine, do we want to keep all of them in that engine? You know, so for example, we got a phenomenal uh you know year in our brokerage account and we're we're up eight percent when we're expecting to be up, say, four. Like, okay, awesome. Do we want to take whatever the the gains are from that? And then the dollars that we were putting into it, does that stay going into that vehicle? Or do we now look for and create a different financial engine? Um, and that, That's really where working with a professional comes into play is, is making sure that you are looking at all of the different, different ramifications, whether that's uh, rate of return, liquidity, risk, taxation, uh, all of the, the changing landscape of the financial world, um, and then tailoring it to your specific situation with what you're trying to do from a financial engine standpoint
0: going to have all of your eggs in one basket, utilizing these different engine, engines to either redeploy or have different strategies to create that cash flow, right? In the end, wealthy people, they don't work for money. They have the money work for them. And I know I've heard that, I don't know how many times in, in this industry, and I'm sure you have heard it too. I'm sure our listeners have heard that before where most people get lost, I think in that, that line, is it does start with savings and having money working and having to work for that money to create that savings. But over time, if you structured everything correctly, then you can have the money start working for you. And the idea of the dollar not working for the dollar, but working for that life that you wanna build That's Mm -hmm. what's going to help you get there. And that's the mindset shift that most Americans need to have.
1: Yeah. And it's essentially this this financial engine concept, which is having your money work for you. You're creating financial engines. Um, And when we start thinking of money as a tool, as opposed to just something to be amassed, then then we really start shifting that that mindset.
0: So I believe that takes us to the question of the day, Alex.
1: Which is, how are you using your money as a tool to build financial engines?
0: So head over to beermoney.net. At the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer that question. Uh, and if outside of the question, you have other ideas. Uh, for us, or just for you to fill out, uh, fill out some information from, uh, to send our way at that exact same spot. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins.
1: Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and it's not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. In Although the information has been gathered from sources sisterly to your life, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon being coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and frames are not affiliated with or endorsed by Guardian securities, Guardian, or quantified financial partners, and opinions of are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and value. Ryan are registered representatives and financial advisors of Mark at Astor Security LLC. OSJ